Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, October 18th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss all the news coming out of DC Fandom 2021. That includes stuff from Batman, Superman, Black Adam, and The Flash. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer and Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me, except I'm not the weekend editor anymore. Oh, you aren't? Oh, no. When, when did that happen, Brad? Because last time we int- I introduced you, it was last week there was the weekend editor title. But, but last week, you actually didn't say weekend editor, so I thought you knew. Um, oh. But yeah, so it's it's been, I think it's two two or three weeks now, officially. We have a new uh, weekend editor, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. So that's been uh, wonderful, to say the least. Damn it, Brad, you took away my transition. I was going to be like, you're the weekend editor, which means that you were around this weekend. Well, I, I, I still was around this weekend, so that, <laughs> that actually worked because I was actually off the entire preceding week, and then I came back to work uh, DC Fandom. So it still works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this event, DC Fandom, this is the second one of these that they've done. It's a virtual event. It's kind of like Comic-Con where DC and Warner Brothers announce all their – stuff for the dc universe this includes video games movies tv 
Was there other stuff? Did they did they announce comic book news? Uh, there was, uh, yeah, there was some comic book news, I think, and there was um like some some toy stuff here and there as well, like just like little tidbits throughout. So since you were there, and by there I mean at your computer watching in the virtual the- space <laughs> in the virtual space. By the way, do you think that next year DC Fandom will be an actual event that people go to, or do you think it's always going to be this virtual thing? That is a really good question. Um, I actually hadn't really thought about that because uh, typically at, at San Diego Comic-Con, Warner Brothers has a huge panel where they show off a bunch of their DC comic stuff and then their other upcoming tent poles. So uh, I don't know if I think that I feel like it's too good of a thing for them to get rid of it entirely, but it might not be quite as epic as it normally is. It maybe it depends on what they do uh, at San Diego Comic-Con next uh summer because i i feel like they could do a similar thing like with with disney's d23 thing except disney has a lot more to talk about when it comes to having their own kind of side convention away from comic-con um so i don't i don't know that's a good question it'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah so how how did this year's fandom uh go was it was it good yeah it was about as good as it was last year i think that maybe there were some maybe a little less exciting announcements because there weren't really any surprises that we weren't expecting. And, um, you know, there were some good sneak peeks at upcoming movies that we know were either in production or or on the way. Um, Obviously the big thing was, you know, the new Batman trailer, which was fantastic. But uh, otherwise I think it was, I wouldn't, I don't want to say low key because there was still a lot of cool stuff to be seen. And you wouldn't um, want to say low key because that'd be a Marvel property. That's true too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was it was more of the same. I think the the best thing about DC Fandom, honestly, is it's it's by far the best uh, virtual edition of these kinds of conventions that has been done. Last year was impressive. This year was equally as impressive. It's just uh, it's fast. It's it's well produced. The production quality is great, and they just they know how to get the information out there and give you know fans what they're looking for. Yeah, there was just an Apple keynote this morning, and like they've also done the same thing with their virtual uh, cons or whatever you want to call them, where like the production quality feels like it's so cinematic. Like they have like like these awesome transitions, and I, I saw with DC Fandom, they have like I don't even know how they create that space. That created with like the same technology they use for the Mandalorian is like this gigantic space that's, or is it just like green screens? It's probably I think just it's- green screens. I think it's just green screen because yeah. it, it, the the quality isn't quite uh, there as far when you compare it to like the the stagecraft stuff used by Lucasfilm. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's talk about some of some of the stuff that was revealed during this uh, event, and I'll put links to all of these articles on slashfilm.com in the links in the description. So if you want to go check them out, you might want to go check them out before before we talk about them because we're gonna you know spoil the trailers. Is that a thing? I guess that's a thing. Um, actually, before we get to that, let's talk about Batman Cape Crusader. This is the new animated TV series that is coming. It's from this uh, from producer Bruce Tim, who's the person who did the original Batman, the animated series, which I think Brad, you love that, right? Oh yeah, it's one yeah. of like the like the best adaptations of Batman there's ever been. Yeah, uh, maybe even over the movies. Like, honestly, that series was so great and the art style was so fantastic. But, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves are teaming with Bruce Timm to uh, bring this new animated series, Batman Keep Crusader. And they they kind of teased what this is going to be. And I'll I'll read from Tim's uh, quote here. 
He says, one of my elevator pitch versions of the show is that it's Batman the Animated Series. It's more Batman the Animated Series than Batman the Animated Series. It kind of goes back to the original principles of the show that we originally came up with back in the early 90s. There was certain limitations on what we could do in terms of adult content, in terms of violence, in terms of adult themes. My idea is basically to say, okay, it's 1990 again, but I get to do what I want to do this time. So that's intriguing, right? Uh, yeah. Because this is going to be, what, on HBO Max, I'm guessing? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's HBO Max. So, so they don't have any restrictions in terms of violence, and uh, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any sexual content, but they, they don't have any limitations is what I'm saying. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting because he does – it does seem like it's kind of like a Batman year one or zero take on it where he hasn't built an ally with commissioner commissioner Gordon. He does tease that there's going to be, you know, all the classic characters like Joker, Catwoman and Penguin, which had great versions of themselves in Batman animated series. But here they're going to have different, but just as, you know, quote, just as iconic and just as powerful. So, Brad, what do you think of all this? Uh, I mean, it sounds great. You know, uh, in in some ways, I guess it's a little bit of a bummer that it's not like a continuation of Batman the Animated Series. But you, I, I imagine Tim doesn't want to tread the same, you know, water again. You know, he wants to do something that feels at least a little bit more uh, refreshing and doing something that is maybe a little bit more geared towards adults. Um, and I, I like this idea of what they also said, too, is... Uh, Bruce Tim also said that they were going to be leaning on German expressionism and film noir for the style of the series, and it would be set in this kind of timeless 1940s world, which sounds really cool. Um, Batman the Animated Series kind of had a little bit of that style, but it wasn't necessarily actually set during you know that that decade. So it'll be cool to see what this kind of uh, this approach to Batman that takes some cues from the animated Batman the Animated Series, but also does its own thing. Um, I think that this is going to be really cool. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about this, but I will say that it is weird that all the Batman takes out there, like the the live action movies, the anime, are all like, let's do Batman year one or year zero again. Like, it doesn't seem like any of them are doing drastically different things. I mean, I would argue that I think that the Batman is doing something a little more different because it's not necessarily Batman Begins. Um, and he's not quite seasoned enough as like the the superhero that, you know, most people know. He's kind of somewhere in the middle and figuring himself out. And I think that this will probably have some of that as well, because they talk about him having uh, being a little bit more low tech initially. And you get to see him developing the kind of gadgets and, and creating the Batmobile that we've come to know. So I think that um, it'll kind of be a, a mix of modern Batman mixed with like the origin stories. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about Superman. There was uh, a bit of news that we were not expecting. Jim Lee announced that Superman's motto is going to be, uh, uh, I guess, he'll have a new motto. It's it's rejiggered. It's, it's, it's revamped for new days. And, it, you know, it used to be truth, justice, and the American way, and that's from the original 1940s uh, radio serial, serial and comic books. Um, but now, you know, maybe the American way is a little weird these days. Uh, you know, he, Superman stands for more than just America. So Jim Lee, the DC chief creative officer, announced 
that it is going to be truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Brad, what do you think about that? I think it's great. You know, it's um for a long time the idea of Superman standing for truth, justice, and you know, quote the American way has been a little outdated and a bit uh, jingoistic, especially as Superman has evolved and has always been someone who saves the world, not just the United States. You know, Um, Superman kind of came out about a time when there was a very patriotic push from people because of the war that wars that were going on and things like that. Uh, And so that the American way kind of felt justified during that time. But more recently, it seems like, you know, maybe some of the things that America kind of stands for aren't necessarily all that great. And Superman should just kind of strive to be, uh, to make things better overall. And so I, I really like that um, they've updated the motto and it feels like something that is representative uh, of everybody. Yeah. And also, you know, what is the American way these days? Like, it seems like there's two competing factions on what America should stand for. So I like that he's now for a better tomorrow. I feel like that's something even both factions of <laughs> I say both, but there's probably, I guess, people in the independent like sphere of things. But, uh, you know, we are all fighting for a better tomorrow, d- despite, you know, <laughs> the, the ways we want to get there. So I like it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that come into, you know, comics, into movies, into TV. Uh, they, they finally did show us a teaser. I, I don't – was it a teaser? It was more like a featurette. For The Rock's Black Adam. A featurette mixed with a clip. Featurette mixed with, yeah, because it showed kind of like the first time we meet Black Adam and we see how powerful he is. It really looks like he's like more powerful than Superman. <laughs> That's quite, uh, they really do a good job of making him look badass. Uh, Brad, what did you think of this clip? Yeah, somehow Emperor Palpatine has returned, and it's The Rock. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's a cool little teaser. You know, uh, they they showed some of the concept art that we saw in the the introduction of the movie last year. Some new pieces, some some behind the scenes footage. Uh, the suit looks great. Um, definitely a, a very powerful character who w- would give Superman a run for his money. Will make for um, presumably a, a great villain for Shazam to eventually face off with. Um, um, that's been talked about for a while as well, and. Yeah, you know, uh, there's, it's just a little snippet, so it's hard to, you know, make a, a full judgment call, but this seems like it will be uh, pretty, pretty cool, I would say. And they also showed us a kind of behind the scenes look of Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. This is the sequel to the largely successful Aquaman from James Wan. Um, I don't know, it, it's really hard to gauge anything from this because we, we see a mix of like concept art there's some stuff that looks like it's straight out of dune like there's like these snake, snake monster things there's um you know aquaman riding his uh uh seahorse thing underwater. <laughs> it seems like a lot of action uh what did you think of this brief first look of aquaman 2 um it's it's fine you know it's uh this is about all they can do right now because the movie has only been in production for a little while Obviously, most of this movie comes from visual effects, which aren't anywhere near done. So concept art is the best impression we're going to get. As long as there are a bunch of more cool sea creatures and underwater battles with, you know, huge armies, uh, I'm, I'm down because that was the most fun uh, from the first Aquaman movie. Um, and hopefully they, they 
dulled down some of the the stupidity of the first movie for the sequel. Yeah, well, James Wan does say in the video that this one's going to be more mature, but yet will retain its fun, Brad. So what well, that means good. to me is that, that we're going to get some blood, but we're going to still have the bad jokes. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be a little bit darker, but not too dark. <laughs> and the producer said that they're going to dial it up to eleven, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be Spinal Tap. Apparently. The only thing the only thing we're missing here is a reference to be like this is the Empire Strikes Back of the Aquaman franchise. <laughs> I did you get the impression, by the way, that during this DC fandom. They they kind of like the quotes that they're getting from the actors almost feel scripted. Like there was one point, what was it? Oh, it was Black Adam, and it was um, uh, Pierce Brosnan, right? Is he in Black Adam? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. it was that one uh, where he was like, "I've done all the Bond movies, and I've seen nothing like." It, it, it like seemed like it was like something written for by Warner Brothers, and not something Pierce Brosnan would actually say. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that that's the case. Uh, a lot, I, I feel like a lot of times in these featurettes, like they have like talking points or lines that they're given to focus on to really set up the vibe and the spirit of the movie. So yeah, okay, let's talk about the the two most exciting things. First, let's and both of them revolve around Batman. Strangely enough, uh, the first is this teaser for the Flash. Uh, Barry Allen finally gets his own movie after you know appearing in a couple of others. Uh, it's I don't know. <laughs> okay, so so the, the whole teaser kind of is building up to not being about Barry Allen, but basically being about him going into the Batcave, turning on the lights, and us seeing the iconic silhouette of Michael Keaton as Tim Burton's Batman, which, by the way, awesome. Like, like if, if, if you were a person who grew up in the 80s and 90s and watched this and don't get excited, I, I just don't know what to tell you. But that said, I don't know. This is supposed to be a Flash movie, and this whole thing is about Batman. I mean, it is about revealing that Batman connection. But I mean, what Batman is saying, Michael Keaton's voiceover is about the Flash and him yeah. time traveling and messing things up. So it's it's a mix of the two. You know, I think they know that they bringing in Michael Keaton as Batman will appeal to to older fans, and then also adapting you know the Flashpoint story in this way will. Um, will appeal to the the new comic book fans too. After seeing this teaser, are you more excited or less excited about the song? Um I I'm excited to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. I'm uh I'm cautiously optimistic just because I don't really know what like the full story is as far as like how they're incorporating him as Batman again and like how their uh <laughs> approach to the multiverse is going to work, why there's a second flash, how Supergirl uh, comes into play so there's a lot of unanswered questions that part of me feels like maybe they might be biting off more than they can chew um and they haven't quite earned something like this yet in the dc extended universe but i'm, I'm hopeful that this will be something cool yeah uh me too um okay i want I'll, we, we got to talk about the batman this is from matt reeves this is the movie i think everybody's been waiting for every time i popped into the dc fandom like youtube feed and i looked at the chat everybody was like come on already play the batman the batman like, like no one like seemed to care about what was going on on the screen uh maybe that was just the people in the chat but uh we finally got the second trailer for matt reeves the batman and i'm gonna say this brad 
I'm I'm totally into uh, for this movie. You know, everybody involved has me so excited. You know, I love Matt Reeves. I've loved Matt Reeves for so long. Uh, I'm not sure Robert Pattinson as Batman. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm ready to be convinced. I'm totally ready to be convinced. And all the talent involved here seems amazing. I think <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm I'm being very cynical here. Uh, like this whole podcast. The thing I'm not quite understanding is I thought like I thought once we got the trailers for the for Matt Reeves Batman we would be like oh that's Matt Reeves pitch for Batman right and then like they they showed this trailer and before the trailer Matt Reeves like they did like this kind of feature or it's not a feature it's like him it's like a panel panel discussion yeah panel discussion talking and he's like my pitch for this was to do a, a grounded dark and gritty batman and it's uh early in his um his his career as as you know as batman and i was kind of like isn't that the pitch for bat for batman begins from chris nolan not really because like what as they talked about further and as you see in this trailer this is a batman who has like already established himself as a crime fighter but he's still working through a lot of pain and anguish and anger because of that this is a batman that is much more unhinged i think than we've ever seen you know uh, in batman yeah. begins we saw a lot of bruce wayne learning to become batman and like knowing his limitations i think this is about bruce wayne coming to terms with that anger he feels because of the death of his parents and really lashing out at crime in a way where he's unhinged and he doesn't can't hold back um, that anger and maybe goes a little bit too far when it comes to dispensing his own brand of justice. So I think that's where the difference comes into play. And plus, you also have the the overall style and aesthetic that feels like a David Fincher movie, which is something that hasn't been done with with Batman before. And so it gives it a different kind yeah. of crime thriller vibe. Well, I was going to mention that that opening scene felt very David Fincher, felt yeah. very like Seven esque. And then as as the trailer goes on, then you have like. Um, that shot that you mentioned in your breakdown, Brad did a, a great breakdown for the site where it's a uh, Batman and Catwoman on uh, top of a building. And there's like the sun setting in Gotham in the background. And you described it almost like one of those uh, two page spreads of a comic book. One of those. Yeah. There are a, a, a few incredible shots in here that are just uh, gorgeous. And like uh, Christopher but Nolan, it, but it feels like a different movie than that beginning shot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's, I think if you, if, if you compared like the shots side by side, sure. They feel like maybe they're from two different movies, but I think what Matt Reeves is trying to do here is he's trying to do, take the realism that Christopher Nolan brought to the dark Knight trilogy, but inject it with a little bit more stylization and comic book um, aesthetic than we're used to seeing um, from the dark Knight trilogy. I think a lot of the shots feel like comic book shots. I think there's a, uh, just a little bit of theatricality, um, even though the villains are made to be grounded, you know, there's, uh, there is a vibe to it that feels like it's tapping into the more playful side of, of comic books, you know, especially when you see, uh, Selena Kyle, um, Catwoman donning different wigs as presumably as disguises to be, you know, a stealthy cat burglar, uh, and just some of the, uh, the dialogue and whatnot. It feels like it, um, almost like, I don't want to say campy, but like it, like, very slightly leaning into that side of comic books while giving it a realistic feel for sure and i will say that the the, the parts of this that i did like uh more than others 
Or by the way, I, there's nothing I didn't like about this. I, I just felt like I was expecting this trailer to like something to click finally and be like, oh, that's that's Matt Reeves Batman. Like it, it, it's still kind of like the same as what what I saw from the first trailer. But um, I I do like the haunting imagery of the bat signal going up while uh, Robert Pattinson it says like fear is a tool. When the light hits the sky, it's not just a call; it's a warning. Like it, it, it does seem like a, a more threatening. Batman. Yeah, this, yeah, the, and the signal itself is like one of the more like haunting versions of the the bat signal that we've seen, where it really does send a message. Yeah, and I love the shot. Uh, it's this wide shot of Batman just kicking ass in like a subway or something. And but I think the most intriguing to me, and this is what I, I think I was probably like hoping for from Matt Reeves Batman. Um, is the shot where like Bruce Wayne is like doing some real detective work, trying to decipher the clues from the Riddler that he left behind. And I was kind of like hoping for Batman, like, like finally a detective Batman. Yeah. I think that we'll get some of that in this movie. I would argue that Christopher Nolan did a pretty good job of giving us detective Batman, not maybe not like um, often, but there were, there were definitely detective elements that um, Bruce Wayne utilized throughout the dark Knight trilogy. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, I think a lot of it is just because when it comes to the Riddler, you have to do detective work because you're trying to crack his code, you know, figure out the riddle and exactly uh, what he's doing in this movie. Yeah. Um, one thing I wasn't expecting, even though like we got those like posters and stuff, is how much like the color palette of this is kind of black and red. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of like a, a very warm hues. Uh, what are your thoughts on this trailer that you have not yet relayed? Um, none really, you know, I think I'm the one thing I think I'm most curious about is, uh, how all of the, uh, the villains will interact with the movie and not feel overwhelmed or underutilized. Um, Catwoman has traditionally been a villain and also somewhat of an anti-hero who has uh, a flirtatious, sometimes romantic relationship with Batman. And so I can see her easily being someone that he encounters, but doesn't necessarily have a full on adversarial relationship with. Um, you have someone like the Penguin, played by Colin Farrell, who is totally unrecognizable. Um, and I'm getting a, a vibe that he's maybe more of like um, a side villain in this one. Because Colin Farrell has even said that he didn't shoot very long in this movie. And I wonder if he's just a nuisance that Batman has to keep uh, dealing with occasionally. And then the Riddler, obviously, being the the main uh, bad guy who's the driving force of you know whatever this mystery is that's happening and why these people are turning up dead. Yeah, maybe he's being set up as the the bad guy for a sequel. Let's play. Yeah, I could see Penguin be yeah being a bigger force in um, in a sequel for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, the Riddler obviously the Riddler aspect is the most compelling thing, and it's uh, based on that shot that you see of Bruce Wayne trying to figure out what the Riddler is doing. Uh, it seems like there's something that Bruce Wayne's father did in the past that has um, perturbed the Riddler, and I think maybe the Riddler's motivations in this movie are probably more noble than just being a straight up bad guy who's killing people. But he just has very extreme tactics when it comes to revealing what is presumably some kind of uh, corruption in the government and uh, the police force in Gotham city. Yeah. And I, I think Matt Reeves said that at the beginning of this movie, Batman's already Batman, right? Like we're not going to see how he becomes Batman. 
I think that there there might be some elements of seeing him earlier than what would be quote unquote present day in this movie. Um, but I but I don't think we're getting a full on origin story. Again. Yeah. So we're we're not going to get the pearls bouncing off the the Manhattan Street. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Okay, well, you can check out all the trailers we mentioned today. I'll, I'll put them in the show notes. There's like so much coverage from Fandom. Like, I think we did like six articles on the Batman trailer alone. Like, you did a breakdown. Uh, Jeff yeah. did a thing on the visuals of the trailer and how they owe something to David Fincher 7. Uh, ben was trying to decode that floor of clues. So if you want to find out what he thinks there, uh, Danielle, uh, she, yeah, she was talking about what I was talking about, that this actually appears to be a detective movie. I think um, this, uh, Chris also did something about the score in this one and how it oh, just, yes. it's just has a really Gothic kind of energy and just, you know, sounds more distinct than a lot of the scores we typically hear from superhero movies. Yeah, and it was actually kind of interesting. We did this other piece as well where uh, Robert was talking about the, not the audition, but I guess they were auditioning Catwoman. And it was uh, his like screen test or whatever. And he was actually wearing Val Kilmer's Batman suit for the screen test. I want to see footage of that, Brad. Especially because that's one of the Batman suits that has nipples. <laughs> but he was talking about how much he was sweating that like Matt Reeves came over and was like, can you sweat less? <laughs> I, like, hey, I, I got all this rubber on me, man. Uh, anyways, um, I'll put a link to all that in the show notes. Uh, you can find more of an overwork. It's from the com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, so at Peter slash com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow.